We really just talked about quarterback play in general and how we can find that right fit for him if that's what we're going to do. And certainly that hasn't been decided yet by any stretch of the imagination. We still have a lot of work to do. What we're going to do, uh, whether it's that pick or later, uh, we really like what we have in Sam right now. So we're really excited about that. There is Adam Peters at the NFL Combine tossing fuel onto the quarterback fire to open the D.C. Sports Subtle. I am Rob Woodfork, who would dominate the vertical jump in my prime alongside Commander's Beat Reporter and Three Cone Wizard, George Wallace. I dominate it now. Mm. Yeah, the you would. Jump now. Yeah, you would. Get my prime. He's deceptively agile. And uh, Dave Preston, the man who ran a 4740 dash simply by dangling a tri corner hat in front of him. Yes. That always makes him run about you know, 0.5 seconds I we faster. Were done. I thought we were done with the tri corner. He's never done. February is like the month be. that we celebrate uh, President's Day as well as George Washington's birthday. There so don't you think I didn't put on the tri corner <laughs> hat last week to celebrate? I you got, may or I got may one not for have each one of you guys now. if you want one. Uh, I do not. <clears throat> you can uh, you can give that to somebody. Um, today we're talking NFL Combine. We're talking the quarterback decision as well. Uh, Washington's ranking in the latest NFLPA survey. Uh, spoiler alert: It is not good, and we'll <laughs> give our takes on court storming. I'm especially interested to hear from Dave on that. He's our resident. AP Top 25 voter in college basketball. But uh, just very briefly, because, I mean, it's kind of old news at this point, all the coaches have been hired by the commanders, and we did see Dan Quinn speak at the NFL Combine. Uh, We've already talked ad nauseum about what we think of him, but as his staff is now complete, who do we think is the most impactful of those hires? And I will lead that off by saying I really like Joe Witt Jr. I mean, Mm -hmm. he's very Mm. – I mean – Look, it's a lot of coach speak. There was some Tomlinisms in there, a lot of stuff that sounds very similar. Uh, but it makes me think he might land a head coaching job before yeah. Cliff Kingsbury. Like, he sounds like a guy who's just a natural leader of men and may may or may not be, and I guess we'll see because he's a coordinator for the first time, but he may or may not be the X's and O's guy, but he certainly sounds like a guy that would be a really good leader. So that's one to watch for I- in the next – hiring cycle or two if that defense rebounds. I think that, A, I, I agree with you, and he was very, what was his line? We're going to make people uncomfortable. What was the line? Something like that. Yeah, something to that effect. And I think <clears throat> that was the line that made me think, like, you know, being comfortable being uncomfortable, yeah. which is something that Mike <clears throat> something Tomlin like that. has said. Yeah. <clears throat> Better me, than chopping wood. He, yeah. <laughs> I think I think with Kingsbury, you know, I, you always worry that the offensive coordinator is here – after a year, if they do well, he's gone to get a head coaching job. Correct. I just don't know if he's there yet with one. You know what I mean? Like with one. I don't think it would be one good year. year. I think they whoever they draft would have to ball out. Yeah, and for a couple they would of years. Have to be in title contention within two yeah. years. I think if Which they ascend fine. quickly, then I think he's. The if guy. he can get them there, whoever that quarterback is, I'm fine yeah. with that. Yeah. If you're at that point, but I don't think it's you know. You just worry that they'll always worry about the offensive coordinator. We're going to take that next step. So I think Kingsbury, you're okay with for a little bit of time. He's going to take some time to get back. Yeah, and they have a succession plan that yeah. doesn't make me worry. Yeah, I think Kingsbury's uh, probably the most important coach when you think about you know high level. Just because this has been an offense that has struggled the last how long do we want to go? Yeah, really. Um, even you know, and when this team was good, what was holding it back and making it seven and ten instead of Eight eight and one, or eight eight and one <laughs> instead of nine and seven, <clears throat> nine seven and one was was lack of uh, productivity on the offense. I don't think we have since 
there have been guys who have put up numbers, but not since Kirk Cousins left had, did you feel that, okay, this is an offense that can, that can put points on the board on, on any given Sunday. And so I think he's, while I think he's very important, I think uh, on a micro level, I think Ken Norton Jr. is very important because the linebacking core has been vastly underperforming. Mm-hmm. When we talk about the units defensively, it's either, oh, the secondary's got nice pieces, they're having to make all these plays, or the defensive line, they, they need to do something. But the, the guys in the line, the linebackers have been average or you know subpar the last few seasons, and you really need some connectivity in there with the keystone, your middle linebacker, to do something. Yeah, uh, I really like that. I do, too. I like and, that one a lot, too. And they have multiple guys who used yeah. to be head coaches. Right. And they have guys. Anthony the, Lynn is huge. Yeah. And that's a guy. To your point about head coaches, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he's. I mean, who knew that he was actually offered the offensive coordinator position by Ron Rivera under the previous regime? Yeah, so he huh? kind of just nonchalantly dropped that little nugget uh, when the coaches spoke to the media uh, a week or two ago. Um, let's uh, pull it to the present day. The uh, NFL Combine underway. Uh, we heard from Adam Peters. We heard from uh, Dan Quinn, and. Um, I mean, look, they were evasive. He's not going to come out and say, hey, I love Jaden Daniels. We're going to take him at two. Like, they're not right. going to do that. If Jaden Daniels isn't available, <laughs> I'm going to cry. Yeah, right. You know? so, That's what I'd love to hear one of these guys say. Yeah, or, uh, yeah, we're trying to trade up to yeah. one to see what it'll take to get the Bears to give us uh, Caleb Williams. But they were evasive, as we knew they would be, in terms of talking about that. But really what was good to me, and I don't remember this happening in the previous regimes is they were talking about basically the type of men that they're drafting. They weren't so much as talking about, Oh, these are the traits we look for because that can always vary and so forth. And you pretty much know what traits these guys have anyway. You don't need them in what I call the underwear Olympics. You don't need them to uh, show off all this stuff at the combine to know what they can do. At this point, it's just getting to know them as individuals. Is this a guy like, does my spidey sense go off talking to this kid? Like, is this a guy who I would entrust with being the face of my franchise? And when you're picking second overall, that's the reality of the situation. So um, that was refreshing to hear because I don't remember here, and I'm not saying that he didn't say this, but under Ron Rivera, I don't remember those guys focused so much on the individuals so much as what they could do on the field. Joe Gibbs did. Yeah. Yeah. That's why he's the best. Yeah. And that's all I got. Yeah. <laughs> look for the heart. Look for the mind. Look for the soul. That's that, that's he, what I is think he a is core good. Ab- yeah. Player. That's what I think is good about the, you get the coaches and the execs at the same place as these prospects, and they can sit down and talk with them mm-hmm. for half hour or five minutes yeah. or ten minutes or however long. You've got the chart on how much they weigh and how tall they are and yeah, what that's... their jumps are. And while that's nice, yeah. hey, Mike Mamula was an absolute bust. <laughs> who you know basically won the combine and you know stole money from NFL teams because he put up great numbers. I think this is going to maybe move somebody down a spot or two in the order or or give them concern to bring someone in or maybe it'll give them extra confidence in drafting someone in that third or fourth round. They fight their guts out. Are they character guys? Right? That is a Gibbs That's it. quote right there. You want character, not characters. Not characters. With all the talk, and uh, this was brought up in, I mean, well before this, but 
when Peter King announced his retirement and his, um, at least what is close to his final column. I believe he's still going to write some stuff here and there. But that thing was great, by the way. If you haven't read it, it's a long read, but it's his yeah. Read, the, the, oh, his yeah. yeah, his final one. Did you read or it? close to five? Yeah, I did, and yeah, it did, and he did bury this nugget at the end. So, no, because here's his thing. I'm still old enough to remember that he's one of the guys that was <clears throat> keeping. Art Monk out of the Hall of Fame. Correct. I remember that. So it's like I recognize that he had a great career. I recognize him as a terrific sports writer and so forth. But he got no use to him around here. He can't. He can't drink for free in Washington. That's true. And that was a long. (laughs) He he was very vocal about it. Yeah, very very wrong about it. But we don't have to rehash that debate. But um, but he brought up in that column just kind of threw it out there at the end, like he has a gut feeling that, you know, the Bears are going to trade that first pick. Yeah, the way that's the way the wind is blowing. Yeah. But Dan Patrick's right on that. He goes, Peter King just doesn't throw things out. Correct. And that's the thing is the most logical person to trade up would be Washington. Yeah. Because you're looking for a face of the franchise. Yeah. Caleb Williams is a local kid. Local kids do very well here. Yeah, <laughs> I know that's the that would that's that, the one of the things that gives me pause. Exactly, but and everybody's different. You know, everybody's different, and it's a new regime. It's a new it ownership group. True. It's that a new true. coach. It's a different world in theory that we've got now. So again, I'm giving these guys the benefit of the doubt until they prove us massively wrong, which might happen this year. But I'm still giving them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. So uh, just from this is what he said in the column, and it, it's. A little Chicago slanted, because I think that's where he's going with it. But he says, suppose GM Ryan Poles traded the top pick down one spot to Washington, which would take Caleb Williams, and got the second pick, a second-round pick, and a 2025 first-round pick in return. And then he goes on to say um, they would then flip that second pick to Atlanta at eight, and the Falcons then – uh, took one of the other quarterbacks, and so Chicago gets the eighth pick, Atlanta second-round pick, a first and second-round picks the next year. I mean, that's just a ridiculous haul for Chicago if they were able to go down that rabbit hole. But from a Washington standpoint, sliding up one spot, and those two picks are a wash. This is the, the whole right. thing from the RG3 trade where they're like, oh, we gave up four picks. No, you didn't give up. You got one back. So I'm not even counting the second pick. You're sliding up one spot. You're giving up a two in a year where you have an extra two and then a first-round pick next year. If Caleb Williams is the goods, man, that's a discount. Right. I think the importance is not in picks, but the importance for this team is in quality players. Getting and, it right. Uh, Caleb Williams is the bird in hand that, you know what, you could afford to draft later. If Williams comes in and plays well, you can afford to miss a first-round pick next year. Correct. He will make your second and third round picks that you get next year look better. He'll make the other guys in your draft class this year, especially the ones on the offensive side of the ball, especially if you get an offensive lineman, as you should, knock, knock, wink, wink. He'll make those guys better. And I think, I don't know what the exact haul would be, what they would have to give up, but as long as it's not a Ricky Williams type of deal, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, Mike Ditka way back when, uh, that was an awesome... (laughs) Just I remember the spectacle that. was like, what and is And Washington going? Yeah. did nothing with that. They got a few pieces. They got a few players, but they want to— uh, They got Champ Bailey yeah. out of that, but all the subsequent picks. Right. They, like they, if you look they, at that draft, yeah. it was, not, it was so, not good. 
And that, but it, but so Ricky Williams. So for on a micro level, Ricky Williams may have been worth it for the Saints to give up all those picks that wound up doing nothing for Washington, anyways. Mm-hmm. So I think. If they have to give up a pick or two here or there, then uh, that's if you get Caleb Williams in town, then it's worth it. Um, and the question is, will, will the Bears uh, make that move with yeah. Washington? But giving up a two in a year where you have an extra yeah, two makes and sense. a one next year, to me, that's that's some marginal cost to get a player of that caliber. Now, the question is, and George alluded to this as well, he just stepped out, but is he that ironclad prospect that you would trade up for? It feels like Chicago would just say, nah, we're not trading out of this spot for anything uh, because this kid is going to be who we build with. But the Bears already have their franchise quarterback. Correct. That they're going to – and that gives them flexibility. Right now, they're trying to negotiate the best deal for their franchise moving forward, meaning they want to get the most amount of picks mm-hmm. and have the best quarterback moving forward. There's there, there's some sort of you know diagram where it's like okay, we've got you, where you're on the two different axes, and you want you want it to be <laughs> as far up as possible. And so I think right, you know, they're test. I'm sure they're testing the waters. They're they're kicking the tires on. Hey. You need a quarterback. What are you willing to give up? And then you say, okay, do yeah. we feel confident that this is the right move for us? So, And part and, of it is like what you're going to get back right. for Justin Fields. Yeah. If you're only getting a second-round pick, right. is that worth passing up on the haul that you would get? And the Bears are a team that moved up to take Mitchell Trubisky. So, gosh, you know, anything is possible with this team. Yeah. George, would you make the trade – up to one, if it, if the cost is just to slide up the one spot, a second round pick, and then a one in 2025, would you pull the trigger on that to get Caleb Williams? I don't know. No, I don't. I, I think this team needs too much. So I don't, I'm, but that's a marginal <clears throat> cost in a year where you have an extra two. You said a two this year and a one next year. Yeah. Maybe like that. in terms of moving up to the first, so you're trading, you're t- you're essentially trading Montez Sweat, yeah, and a, Who you didn't one, want anyway, and you're one next year, <laughs> yeah, and you're one next year, which you hope would be a which you lower, hope, yeah. lower round, right? Round. Is isn't going to be the second? One, I, okay, I'd say one first round pick, that's fine, and you and then you and you you switch with the Bears, yeah, maybe one first round pick, I'll give you, but I, I'm not giving up more than that. Correct. This team needs too much. If that, if that, and if they like, I mean, one of the who knows, they may fall in love with Daniels or May and just be like, I'm fine with whatever. And that's the other All part right. of it. If you think that Caleb Williams, even if you think he's the best quarterback, he's one A, and Jaden Daniels or Drake May is one B, then yeah, you stay where you are, and then you have all your picks. But I don't know. I, I mean, you're getting all these mixed reviews about Drake May at this point. I mean, you have some guys saying like, there's bust potential basically I mean not using those words but just he's way overrated he's a project he's a guy that should sit for a year which you don't want to take it second overall no and then uh and here's the other piece of it there's also reports that there's an actual trade market for Sam Sam how if you can flip him for a third round pick like would you do that would you agree with this if you take uh, somebody at two or one that is going to be the starter, you cannot have Sam Howell on this team, especially if it's Drake I May. I would not say you can't have him, but 
this notion that he would be like a mentor to he's too no. young to be. Yeah. He just had no. a mentor. So, yeah, I would say that it's not prohibitive. It's not ideal. Especially if it's Drake May, who he played with in college. Right. Well, it well, means they, that they're, they're pals. Yeah, at least. They, they yeah, know they're each palsies, other. but still, it's wouldn't it be kind of awkward? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it would be awkward in the sense that he was drafted to take his job, but also he was basically yeah. drafted to take his job when he was in college, too. Side so, note, too, if I'm the Bears, I'm going to want more than uh, just uh, a number two this year and a number one oh, next absolutely. year to, to move down one. Even if, even though it's just one spot, I'm going to want maybe another pick, whether it's a number three this year or next. I, I would yeah. want more. So I think yeah, I, I, I think it's going to take more just because that's how things go in the draft. There's, I, would, there, I agree there, with that. There's, there's, there's the Jimmy Johnson chart that has, oh, this is what right. this is the fair market value. And then there's, oh, by the way, we're paying, you know, it, it, it's like buying a, you know, a, a beer or a soda right. at, at what used to be called FedEx Field, not Commander's <laughs> Field. It's, are, are, are you getting $15 worth of, no, but that's what the market is. So I think the market is going to be prohibitive for them to move up one spot. And that's why in theory, I wouldn't do it. Yes, because, yes, I think it's going to – ultimately, this is what I think will happen, is the price will be too much. The Bears will want too much mm-hmm. for them to move up even the one spot. And, I and think they, they, can, will, they can hold all the – they can do what they – I mean, somebody will give it to them. Yeah, somebody – yeah, some, somebody will be more desperate yeah. than Washington because right. Washington ultimately sitting somebody in the spot out of the where top they can three. get somebody. somebody. Yeah, somebody that's eight or nine, Atlanta, yeah. Patriots, whoever. Yeah. And Bruce um, Allen is no longer running this team, so there's no chance of <laughs> – Uh, I would – here's the thing, and we're going to get more player evaluations uh, as we get closer to the draft, but I think you stay, Pat, and I think Jaden Daniels would be the prudent pick there. And I know the uh, people try to comp him to RG3, and there are some similarities for sure, but I think that would be probably the safest pick that they could make at two. Uh, if, we're, if we're just talking about quarterbacks, obviously the safest pick you, would be. Um, uh, are you out Marvin on May? Harrison. Are you out on May? Or it's too early. Like we don't know yet. I'm not out on him. I'm just not impressed by him. And I did watch a couple of North Carolina games. I've seen him be really good, and mm-hmm. I've also seen him stink. A lot of people reference, and Dave probably knows this, the NC State game against uh, uh, when North Carolina played NC State. He put up a real stinker, and I'm pretty sure that was the last regular season it's game. All, yeah, it's, it's all weird because, yeah. like, Sean uh, – who's Sean? Uh, Sam Howell oh. was projected top three pick, like, two years before he came out, right? Right. And then you lose an offense yeah. line, you lose some receivers, and you right. go in the toilet. Right. So, I don't know. Right. I mean – I did see May's interview with Adam Schefter, and he was impressive in that. I thought. I don't know if you saw yeah. it. Yeah, I did. I did. And he um, was talking I think about he's, how I think he's, he's going to come off May. as he's going to come off as a likable guy. Yeah, not arrogant. I do like what Jaden Daniels brings to the table as yeah. a quarterback. What he's able to do with his weapons. What he's able to do against high level right. competition against the SEC week in and week out. Right. So, we agree. It's one of the chance. Yeah. If if <laughs> I would. What uh, one of the three quarterbacks? Yeah, I said I said the SEC is basically the. Oh NFL. yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but I mean, we agree it's one of the three. And Vanderbilt, yes, <laughs> and Vanderbilt <laughs> with South Carolina sometimes. <laughs> no, what I what and hopefully the uh, the brain trust, uh, you know, uh, Adam Peters, uh, Dan Quinn, uh, you know, Cliff Kingsbury will sit down with each of these quarterbacks for an extended period of time, get to know what makes each guy tick gets to know what might make each guy 
tick and work with them. Can this guy be mm-hmm. their guy moving forward, not just this year, but for the next five to ten years? And find that guy. And if it's Jaden Daniels, if it's Drake May, settle for number two. And if if they realize, you know what, the gap between, <laughs> you know, 1A and it's not 1B and 1C. It's more like yeah. 1K and 1L. Yeah. You know, you've got to jump up and take Caleb Correct. Williams. You're right. You know? if, but if, if there's fall, such a gap. But if they fall in love with one of yeah. them, yeah. I'm fine with staying. Like, again, you need right. you need too much. And you could get a haul for moving back, too, but I don't want that. I, I want them to stay. You've been waiting this long for an to opportunity to take a potential game-changing, franchise-altering quarterback 2012 was the last time and you right. thought you had one, but you've waited this long, and that's the only the talk around town has been. Oh, no, about... 2020, but they passed on it and took Chase Young. <laughs> oh, that too, right? But I mean, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's because right. they already had their right. face of the franchise with but, them. Yeah, I think you you have to take this is a quarterback rich draft. Yes, you have to strike and keep. You have to take a chance at number two and draft one of these guys. Do you take another quarterback in like the fourth round? Kirk Cousins is. <laughs> do you do, do, you hey, do look, that move? I, I was one of the few people who was like, that's actually pretty smart. Yeah. Because if you buy a Ferrari, you should put some good insurance on it. I compared it to when, and so it's it different. Get, yeah. um, who's, the kid, who's the kid from Tennessee? Joe, um, the kid from Tennessee. I can't think of his oh. name off the top of my head. But uh, yeah, but yeah, if you take him, if he falls to the fifth round like right. Sam Howell did, I have no problem with that because the best quarterback depth charts are I have my starter, a veteran backup who I know can start games if something goes sideways, right. and then a developmental third quarterback who oh. could develop into Although the backup teams now teams now go with two. It's a, I'm, I'm floored. Yeah, they do. I'm fl- they do. And, and this is something I've been on my uh, this soapbox for years. How many in today's uh, NFL where – it's such a physical game where guys are getting hurt mm-hmm. early and often. In the past couple of years, we've seen a record amount of quarterbacks make starts around mm-hmm. the league where the game is so complex and each offense, even the ones that are similar, are somewhat different to not have three guys in your building mm-hmm. from the start and have your third guy be a guy who's not off the street. You don't have to dumb down the playbook. You can work at full capacity with your your number three guy. I'm I'm floored that the that NFL teams don't do that, and it's negligence yes. on these NFL teams that they don't just to have a roster spot for a special teamer or a fifth receiver or a sixth defensive back. The reason they do that, and this is what the league, and I know that the competition committee has been making moves to try and get this back, but what the rule used to be was you had you know your starter, your backup, and then the third quarterback yep. would just be inactive, inactive on yeah, game, game days. days right. And then up until a couple years ago, right? But he would dress, and if you had to use him, you can't make another quarterback substitution. Right. So they need to do that again, where it's like almost like a, a phantom inactive, so right. to speak, instead of what it is now, which is you have two quarterbacks, you have a third guy who's on the practice squad, and you call him up on game day right. if you need to, right. uh, if there's a guy hurt, but. It's a function of what the rules are, and they need to change the rules back. I don't know why they went away from it. Unions signed off on it. Maybe they got like an yeah. extra seven cents or something <laughs> like that from video games. And along those lines, rosters should yeah. be 55 players or 60, especially with the 17, soon to be 18 games. Right. They need more guys Whoa, who are, are you available. you breaking news here? 
or we just assuming they're going to expand to 18? So they sh- well, I, I I think they're going to eventually. <laughs> they I mean, are. They probably are going to eventually. Say, but oh, it's, it's an odd number. But it's probably know? years then, down the line. What 18 game season? 18. Yeah. Yeah. And then you go until President's Day weekend mm. for a Super Bowl. Hey, that would be good because then you have Monday you have off. People have been, yeah, people have been clamoring for that. That's a long time. That's a long, it's a month. It's a and long half. season. It's a long season. Well, you could take away the week in between. Uh, I think people need that though, just for logistics standpoint. Yeah. Getting for, your fan for, base for there, logistics yeah. and also right. what would happen to the Pro Bowl games, the flag football uh, game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. That sucked. All right, so the uh, NFLPA rankings uh, came out. Uh, today is Wednesday as we're recording this, and I think this is only the second year in a row they've done this. Um, the NFLPA rankings come out where players basically anonymously give a report card on the teams in the NFL. Guess who's dead last, folks? Ooh, ooh. How yeah. many, how many guesses I know do we get? <laughs> you get three guesses, and the first two don't count. This has only existed for two years, yeah. and both years, Washington Commanders are the last place team. And uh, these rankings are actually fascinating to me because it is players kind of speaking out on their work environments, which is uh, very interesting to know. Uh, Miami was the top team, followed by Minnesota, and the NFLPA president, J.C. Treder actually said those two teams, Miami and Minnesota, are in a league of their own. Mm-hmm. So basically, they're the top two teams – and then there's everybody else. Those yeah. two teams mm-hmm. are the only ones who are like just straight A's. Not straight A's, but close to it. Baltimore, who we assume and sort of just roll into the discussion for best franchises in the NFL, they're 15th. So that was a little low, uh, lower than I expected. But what can give Washington hope is that the team directly above them in the basement is the Kansas City Chiefs, and they're in the middle of a dynasty. Whoa, joke's on them. <laughs> I guess, man, Chiefs are doing everything wrong. Yeah, the uh, Chargers are 30th, the Patriots 29th, and the Steelers at 28th. And again, a couple of those. The Patriots right. and Steelers are organizations that we like sort of roll into that conversation as the elite franchises. Before we you know, get Washington, into this, yes. some, some of the things, because uh, I tried to calculate the GPA, by calculating all the grades together, <laughs> the 1.36 is, is is the GPA that gets you on Guys, academic the showers probation. Showers didn't work at FedEx Field. Yeah, like I mean, that's not good. But F minus, F like, minus, F is the worst you can get. F F you get a zero on your GPA. Are we supposed to like subtract now, like a third of a point <laughs> now? Because if so, then your GPA is even worse. In all fairness, we knew the ownership group was not going to be able to do much right. once it took over in July. It's worth pointing out that this survey took place between August yeah. and October of last year. Yeah. So at that point, Josh Harris had only been in control for what, right. Two so you months? can't. Right. So he's yeah. th- he still is on the honeymoon. Whatever. That's it's not him. Yeah. He's make he's doing his effort. He's put in forty million last year, another thirty five this year to the stadium and the facility. I found it is in Ashburn too, which is just awful. Yes. Like the fact that you have that was ranked F minus free agents coming in to look at that place from people that I've talked to that have seen others. I mean, I've seen the Raven. I mean, the Ravens castle and that is. I mean, that's yeah. just night and day. Yeah. But just apparently everywhere in the league. I mean, it's just unbelievably. Yeah. And they could do so many things with that facility, sell it, or start building where the bubble is. You could build a big facility there, knock down that. You could yeah. do a lot of things. The only thing they didn't fail was strength coaches, which the the only A they got. They were ranked fifth with strength coaches. Ownership 
ranked uh, that's graded a B, 18th, which is which is fine because you have new ownership and you know he's making he's saying all the right things, although he hasn't had a chance to really show anything yet. And uh, head coach is C. Well, he was 31st, 31. Yeah, but that was Ron Rivera. Yeah, again, this yeah, wouldn't yeah. be the a but reflection. That tells you something about Ron. That was kind of I thought that was interesting because he is very well respected. Yeah, but I guess. I mean, he wasn't Being a complete res- yeah, fire, liking though. a guy like, and not wanting to work for him. The thing that's weird is like you know Josh McDaniel. I would see would be a thirty-one or thirty-two. Yeah, complete dumpster fire. Not Ron. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. What was McDaniel on there? Or did he even uh, count? I I didn't I didn't look at the Raiders, but looking right. at but he was these rankings, out. and this is how they explain the ranking for Washington. They say Josh Harris purchased the Washington Commanders in July. The organization received low marks across the board last year, so there's no shortage of issues that need marked improvement after years of neglect. The one bright spot for the club is the players' ranking of the commander's strength coaches. As I mentioned, 98% of player respondents An A. saying yeah. that they get yeah, the best possible individualized plan. The survey data reveals a long list of items with the workplace that continue to be problems. The players express that they have grown tired of the deficiencies. To start, the locker room is small which all of us have been in that locker room, can verify. The locker room is small and in desperate need of renovation with players reporting multiple sewage leaks. So it's in the the locker room and the stadium. Not sewage. You're dodging sewage sewage. with this franchise. The uh, training room is significantly understaffed with only 52% of players saying they receive an adequate amount of one-on-one treatment time for injury recovery and prevention. Equipment in the weight room and training room was described as below the standards required of a professional sports franchise. And the commanders are one of seven teams where players believe the club's facility is no better than the places they could train off-site. And when asked what the number one issue respondents want to prioritize for fixing, most players... Couldn't come up with just one. Right. Instead, the common answer was the entire facility. The players understand that the new club ownership didn't create these current problems, and they are hopeful that the new team ownership is willing to do what it takes to fix that. Now, now there are different things that you know. We look at uh, the categories from treatment of families to training room weight. You know, weight staff. Some of them are. You know, okay, is, is is this a major problem? And some like of it food, would like predate. Food, food cafeteria. Yeah. It, it's, it's a thing, <laughs> but I don't think it's as important as you mentioned training room, training staff, guys recovering from injury. That needs to be paramount because you need to get these guys back onto the field. You need to get them in the best possible shape to be at peak performance ability. And, and, and when that doesn't happen, you're, you're shortchanging yourself. But so. it's worth pointing out the nutritionist slash dietitian rating was a B minus, but yet the food in cafeteria was a D plus. Yeah. So keep I guess in mind the just, training steak. Keep maybe it's mind. just a lot of broccoli. So you're getting the you're, you're getting the nutrients, <laughs> but it's just not good. Miss, Mrs. Garrett, where are you? <laughs> Don't forget Ron's hand picked Yeah. Was, trainer. Was uh you know yeah. house DEA was rated. Yeah. That didn't end well. But the thing is with the facility, it's like they have done minor upgrades recently to training room and weight room. We've seen it because they've blown out some of the media rooms. So just imagine it's still bad, but how bad it was just a few years ago. Like yeah. This is like since Jason Wright's been there. But it's I almost like they like, have to raise the entire like. No, they do. I, I would say go train some, rent someplace out somewhere else, train there for a year while you blow up Commander's Complex. Or they what, could build do, it back up again. They need what, to build. Or phases. They, they could build, and you've been out there. Yeah. 
They could build where the on the bubble where the bubble is. Yeah, you could build a whole new facility there. Why you keep that one, and then you can put your indoor facility there afterwards. They still have the uh, the real astroturf field in the back with the Redskins logo in oh, the middle. They cute. just have yeah. it covered up. Yeah. But it's like the original AstroTurf from 91 Yeah, that Dan never wanted to get rid of. I will say that, and it said in there too, about this year with training camp, Harris did do a have a new area for families, Yes, which they were very, was very good about a ton of games for kids and this and that. That was all different this year. He yeah. put that into effect immediately. Yeah. To me, there's not a big takeaway from a Washington standpoint because this is new ownership and they yeah, need no, time to implement a plan. I, I don't, think yeah, that's a training not, facility right. is absolutely on the list because yeah. you walk into that building, for those who have never been to uh, Commander's Park, I guess they're calling it now, you walk in there and it's like a time warp to the 1970s oh, yeah. by how outdated the facility is. Just from the outside, it looks outdated. And then when you walk inside, oh, it actually is outdated. Right. So I, but the I, thing is, ideally, what do you, you know, and this is going to be a whole topic of conversation. Do you build the training facility? Let's say you go back to RFK. There's not enough room, I don't think, to build both training facility and your stadium, kind of like the Giants have, I kind would, of like other teams. I have. would love to see them do that. I don't know how realistic that is, right. but yeah. I would love to see them build a training facility either adjacent to or close right. to, so that everything you do is, is in D.C., right. it's inside the Beltway. Across or, the river in or even if you like, yeah. even if you build the new stadium, you knock down FedEx Field, and then you make that your new training facility. Something like that. Or you even know, Ashburn, or, yeah. you, or if, unless you sell that whole land there. Yeah. One story I had heard last training camp was that they were possibly going to sell that, sell that land, that building, rent back from that, try to rent back the facility until they build the stadium, like yeah. but try and sell un- okay. offload it now. Yeah, I mean, put up a hotel, four houses, and, <laughs> maybe. and, you, and you got something going you on. Got something. Yeah, but I mean, there's a lot of work to be done, and I think you give Josh Harris and company at least a couple years oh, for yeah. them to yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, get a plan together and then to execute on that plan. Agreed. But just just like a, you know, a, a report card you can view is. Oh my goodness, you did so poorly, but this gives them a roadmap of where they need to go and yeah. and where what ownership needs to improve upon. And after factoring in minus thirds for the three F minuses, the GPA <laughs> has now been adjusted to one point two seven. Oh man. That so, sounds yeah. more like us. That does. <laughs> one two seven. We actually true story. Uh, freshman year. We had this dude in our class in my on my floor, Timmy, who never went to class. And freshman year, you've got eight thirty classes all the time. So the dude ne- he 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 would sleep until like two in the afternoon, and because he'd My stay, kind of guy. yeah, yeah. So we actually <laughs> took bets on what his GPA would be, yeah. And I had a, I would have won if he had failed his classes instead of withdrawing, oh, because he withdraw yeah. from two classes, he finished with like a two oh instead of like a one. You know, yeah. five or whatever. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it, better to withdraw. It would have been twenty bucks, <laughs> and like when you're a freshman in college, twenty bucks is like a million dollars. Oh, boy. I was really upset about that for some time. Oh man, uh, yeah, I definitely had to withdraw a couple of classes when I was in college. Uh, speaking of college, uh, we're gonna pivot to uh, what has been the By hottest. Way, real quick, we yeah. talk about the we we talk about the Chiefs, right? Uh, they're, yeah, they're, yeah. So it's kind of weird, right? They all they do is win Super Bowls, but their yeah. facility supposedly. I mean, it just so goes to say, does how much does this really matter? Well, and and that's the thing is like from a Washington standpoint, that's why they can take hope in the fact that okay, yeah, we're ranked last, but that doesn't preclude us yeah. or prevent us from putting a winning right. product on the field right. in the 
sort of in the meantime until we can rectify all this stuff and then Washington becomes a destination. Yeah. I mean, what were people saying before the, you know, during the sale process? Washington is a sleeping giant. Yeah, no, I know. I'm you just get a competent of- owner in here who can put in place uh, some some top shelf, for lack of a better term, amenities. Liquor. Yeah. <laughs> that too. Well, Snoring we, giant that's yeah. drooling on the pillow. <laughs> exactly. All right, that's but, all. Uh, As you terms, were. But uh, the court storming has been a big topic of discussion in college sports. We've seen a couple of times now. We saw it with Caitlin Clark. We saw it with Duke. Upset victories, students piling on the court, guys, uh, and in this in Caitlin Clark's case also, um, getting hurt uh, because of, you know, that. And uh, it, it, a lot of people have said, you know, basically get over it. It's a big part of college sports. Others have uh, said, and uh, who's a uh, guy on ESPN? Jay Billis. Jay Billis. Jay Billis Arrest said, them all. Yeah, basically, if you storm the court, mm-hmm. detain them all, and, you know, basically give them a citation, and you'll end court storming tomorrow. I mean, I don't disagree with that. I don't necessarily like legislating stuff, but – um, there's got to be a deterrent factor. Um, I know George Wallace has a sports cast to go do. So what are your, your thoughts on court? I, thank you for allowing me the floor here. Hey, um, <laughs> look, the schools have to do better about it. Look, I, I don't like to take away a fun college thing. If your team upsets, you know, how about this? Just, you could always say, just don't, just don't lose the don't game. Lose. Yeah, don't lose the game. <laughs> but it's, and I've seen it. I've been on site and watched schools practice it the day before. Wow. If you have the potential of – if you if you are playing right. a top team and there's a potential to storm the court, they practice, game over, uh, caution tape comes out, you let the play in front of the scores table, let the players off the court, and so on and so forth. Wake mm-hmm. Forest didn't do that. So right. you have to be prepared for that. You could also do it where you put up a – 30 second clock when the game's over, let the fans get off the let the players get off the court, then rush to rush all you want. Yeah. You know, I don't like to take it away completely from the experience of it. I do understand it can be dangerous, don't get me wrong. But at the same time, schools and they have done a good job at it. They have to be prepared for it. And Wake Forest, I don't think, was. So I don't want to ban it all together, but I understand it can be dangerous. But I still I think there's a way I, you can meet me in the middle. Tasers, arm, arm <laughs> these cats with tasers. Be well, what do we best. think about that? Like, hoe on the clock. Yeah. Wait, wait till the players get off the court. Make it fun. For me, it's not about ruining people's fun. It's about safety for the I'm players. I'm all for safety. I don't want to ruin love people's fun. But uh, like uh, the the thing with Jay Billis saying like detain them. Arrest like, them I, all. I'm not. I, I'm not <laughs> ready to arrest go. Four thousand students. Yeah, I mean that's yeah that's a little excessive. But I agree that you cannot just let them. Just let right. loose on the court. I think there have been a couple of different changes why we've seen some bad court stormings the last couple of weeks. Uh, yeah. The one, the, the two that stick out, uh, uh, was it uh, Indiana uh, or Ohio State uh, storming the court with, uh, and somebody ran into Caitlin Clark and she yes. ran into someone as well, right. you know, you know what, what have you. Um, you know, th- that's, that's one court storming. Then Wake Forest Duke last Saturday. I was at a court storming the other day. Uh, yeah, I was at the George, George Mason game, yeah. and kids ran out to the very center of the court. Nobody came into contact with any of the Dayton players. Dayton, a top 25 team. It was a historic victory for the Patriots, who had never beaten a ranked opponent on their home floor at Eagle Bank Arena. 
Uh, so it, it was a big win. The kids ran onto the court. They celebrated. They enjoyed. Everybody's in the center. No one is running near the players. Um, so that that was orderly done. Uh, if, if that makes that, that, yeah, that was yeah. done in an orderly manner. Yeah. Uh, I've seen court stormings at uh, Maryland where it gets done. They get uh, the, the security uh, is able to get uh, the uh, opposing team off the floor, and the kids can then celebrate and do that. Uh, I've been. Uh, I've, I was at Syracuse. We beat Georgetown for the Big East regular season championship. Court storming was not in vogue, and security like said, "No, you are not." And we celebrated right behind the basket. So you, you, you see a lot of different things. I think one of the reasons why you're seeing more court stormings get out of control is previously where they put the students. That's that's the key right there. They used to put the students in one section. So security, you've, you you still have the same amount of security now as you did then, but security could go to one side of the court because it's not, it, it's not uh, the guy who's 35 years old or 45 or 55 or the, 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 the mom with three kids who says, you know, what, we're going to rush the court. No, it's the 18 to 21 year olds. Yeah. And previously they'd all be coming from the same direction of the court and it was just one corner and you could, all right, let's get the players off uh, with the way that a lot of student sections are now, they'll form a rim around the court. Mm-hmm. If you're at Duke and Duke doesn't storm the court because they're Duke. they're Duke. But if they were to, you wouldn't be able to control them because the students are everywhere in pockets down near the floor. And I think that was the case at Wake Forest was the student sections are close enough that the security, they didn't have the proper you know, security rim. Um, there are lots of different things. You, you put up a rope. I think that's a deterrent. I like uh, George's idea where you have a clock, whether it's 15 seconds, whether it's 30 seconds. You can. The key is to get the opposing team off the floor right. as soon as possible because you right. We, okay, Caitlin Clark didn't miss any games. Uh, Filipowski might miss a game. He sprained an ankle. Who knows what his case is? No one's broken anything. I that's and with with now with two, you have open sales of alcohol at these arenas. They, until, I don't know, you, you used to not be able to buy beer mm-hmm. inside a Big Ten arena, inside yeah. an ACC arena. Big East, you could always do that because we didn't care. <laughs> and also, it was Genesee. How many of those are you going to have? Yeah, right. Really? Ugh, too many. One is too many. Um, but so I think it, you've got, there's more chance of belligerence with, you know, kids uh, having a couple pops and you need, I think safety is paramount and I don't want to, you, know, you you don't want to lose somebody for the tournament, a, a, a difference and, maker, because of the other team rushing the court. And that's my question: that, Is that what it takes? Like, does it? I think take yes. I think somebody I, I think that like happens, a big then name boom. college yeah. player right. goes down because this is what, where I agree with Jay Billis. I don't necessarily condone rounding people up and right. and you know shipping them to the jailhouse, but I do think that. There's no place for people being on the court. Right. You know, no. like NFL fields, you don't have people storming the field. Like if, you know, the commanders beat the Patriots in their heyday, like nobody's. Because it didn't happen. Well, how about yeah, the dude? How but, about the dude who got to. Uh, <laughs> they're came, not storming the field. You know how about what I'm the saying? guy at Dodger Stadium? Was it Dodger Stadium last year or Angels Park, or whatever, who yeah. 
He went onto the field to propose to his girlfriend, and some security oh, guy took, took, him, him out. took him out. Took him yeah. out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's just that's like, a deterrent. That's yeah. A, so it's like, and I know it's you know college versus professional right. fair, but colleges operate as if they are professional because now we live in an age where yeah. these athletes are getting paid. Certainly, the level of money that these sports generate factor in. So. If we're going to treat it like it's a professional sport, right. then we need to treat it like it's a professional sport and keep people the hell off the court. I've stormed the court in high school, uh, stormed the field in high school. Get off my lawn. Um, yeah, I mean, and it's a fun thing. It's a great George way to Glared feel that, that, that you're a part of the uh, you're you're a part of a victory that you didn't you know. T- so you want to cut it out? I walked out. Just I'd give like, me it. I'll listen. I, I'll go I back think, and listen. Yeah, please, please go back and listen. I gave a seventeen point. You know, manifesto yeah. on, on what should happen. <laughs> I think I think the rope. I like the thirty second count. Yeah. I do like the taser. Arm these that, cats with that tasers. That may be your best man. idea yet. Zap somebody. <laughs> Arm the players with mace for the final minute. Oh God! Yeah. But whatever it is, it's not going to happen between now and tournament. What's, time. What's, it's sadly, it's going to uh, take and it's going to take a serious injury to a player for there to be serious thought, and that sucks. Uh, I want to talk about which games into... we may see court stormings. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I was at, you know what? I, here's 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 another court storming that happened. Oh. Uh, I was I and we we talk about uh, well we were talking about Jeff Jones earlier this week. Uh, Old Dominion coach retiring. He's had some health issues this winter. <laughs> yeah. He led the Eagles to their first ever NCAA tournament berth in 2008. I was there covering the game. They stormed and the court. They stormed the court. The AU fans stormed the court. It's the first time they ever got to be in the big dance. They almost see like that's a, yeah. you know, that's not exciting to you. It's not I fun. It, I think it's I think it's big stuff. But, but look, like, I'm all for the safety part. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying mold, roll people over and start swinging things. I'm not saying any of that. I'm just saying there has to be a way where you can do both. Along and, those lines, and, and, w, you, oh. and you have to make it fair in a way that because American does not draw as many people as Duke does. True, like how many students for us? Four or five hundred. Oh right? my goodness! Yeah, was, I'm, not, I'm not being you know, it, an ass. I'm just being funny. It, or not being funny. It I'm felt just, like there were it, well, if, <laughs> you know it I felt mean? like there were over a hundred people on the floor. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. People were enjoying, and a lot, and you know, even alums, you know, because it was right. their first. Gosh, it was their first ever. Uh, yeah. Patriot League championship. So. But I'm sorry, Dave. WTOP courtside hashtag WTOP courtside. We uh, post on Instagram, on X, and then on Facebook or what have you. Where in the yeah. Beltway is Dave Preston. This weekend, American uh, takes on Navy. It's senior day at Bender Arena. Uh, the AU coming off of a huge win this past Sunday. They won at Colgate, and the Raiders have turned the Patriot League into their little playpen the last few seasons. Huge win for AU. Coach Dwayne Simpkins' team had a bit of a slump. A lot of guys were hurt. They have a huge game this Saturday. They can almost, I think they're a win or two away from locking up a, uh, a home game in the uh, Patriot League cool. tournament, which yeah. is huge, you know, to to have a home game for the uh, quarterfinals. Saturday evening, not so much. Georgetown takes on Xavier, and <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 trying to schedule a uh, a colostomy, you know, me yeah. or you know, <laughs> root canal, you know, a root canal, root something canal. like that. Yeah, you should get uh, a Manny it, Petty. It, it it could be a root. And the yeah. thing is, you've got Georgetown that has been woeful all season, and then Xavier, who was playing well, and they have since the the rail the wheels have come off there. To the point where Sean Miller's like been getting technicals and has been. He was not happy the no, other day when he heard no, that. No, see, that, that, that. that's our Saturday night affair. Huh? Did he wear a t shirt though? Oh, gosh. 
He I should. I don't want him to sweat. He through should. Shirt, yeah. He should. Oh gosh. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's a rumor that there was a report he was going to go to Ohio State, but now it's not. Now it's not true. I think that might yeah. be the case. Yeah, I think they're going after who's it? Porter Moser from? Uh, is that the guy? Uh, the FAU's. Mo- yeah. Mosley Moser. Yeah. Same. Is it Moser? Ted Mosby. I know you're They're going about. after Ted Mosby. <laughs> I know you're talking How about. I Met Your Mother. Have and is Mike Jones going to go to ODU? Who? You see that? <laughs> Who? Maryland's assistant. Who? No, I just, I'm still stuck in there I from know back what you're in the doing. day. Uh, and last but not least, Sunday, senior day in College Park, Maryland, Indiana. Uh, Hoosiers are a team that has fallen by the wayside. Yeah. If you look at the bottom of the Big Ten, Michigan is in last place. They've been to a championship game as recently as what, six years ago, you've got Indiana, which is a name program, five national championships, although nothing since 1987. Right. Ohio State's also in that mix. Another big job. Yeah. yeah. And Maryland, meanwhile, is playing its way out of the dreaded first round. Right. They're one of four schools that has yet to play on that first day since the Big Ten expanded in Big Ten 2.0. Juwan Howard's going to lose his job. I, th- I, I, I Or somehow... You could. I wouldn't be surprised. I yeah. wouldn't be surprised, but I could also see with all the health issues, I could see them giving him a mulligan with, yeah. you know, you really. You, but you he really... went after another official the other day. Yeah. yeah. So there's that. Yeah, he's got some temper stuff. You know? Like, yeah, and yeah. he plays it off coming from the south side of Chicago. Right. Yeah. Which is nice. So big weekend ahead in uh, college hoops, and uh, we are just, uh, the conference tournaments begin, I think, next Monday with the Atlantic Sun. Uh, Girl Scout cookies are arriving, so we've got our rankings coming up next Shamrock week. Shamrock shakes coming Shamrock up. Shamrock shakes, shakes will be baby. coming you in as well. I set my clock alive. to that. What a, a lot time of good to be stuff. alive. Yeah. Oh, man. I might come in on Selection Sunday just to get those What are you shakes. doing? Your eyes hey, just cleaning out my locker. I'm just here for the Shamrock shakes. Uh, also, check out uh, Dave Preston's uh, Beltway Basketball Beat. If you're a College Hoops fan, that is a must read. And yes. we must go. It was another fun edition of the DC Sports Subtle. <laughs> Everything must go. Everything must go. Maybe even you. You don't know what that's from. Should I? Friday after next. Oh, okay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, Money Mike. Yeah, yeah. That's Everything deep, must deep. go. Maybe, Maybe even you. All right, Rob Woodfork signing off alongside Money Mike, George Wallace, and Dave Preston, who has never seen the movie that we just talked about. So we are going to break the huddle. Yeah, I'll be watching a Bond film.